What's up, everybody? It's your boy Tech Supreme back with episode six of the Rent Free with Tech Supreme. Episode six in the books going down. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, wherever this finds you. My name is Tech Supreme. I am your host. I Tech Supreme. I do that all the time. It's cool. And um, you know, this is uh the podcast in which I talk about ten random things that are in my head. Um, so I've been changing the format up, been doing eight things that are in my head. And then like I'm getting two from, uh, two from Facebook. Cause you know, you got to give Facebook love. Facebook always shows love. And it's always something. Now I got the beard oil and beard butter. There's always something on my shirt. It looks like dandruff, but it's kind of not, I don't know what it is. It is what it is today. Uh, let's get into it. Let's get into the episode. Um, the first thing I want to talk about was space jam. Uh, just cause I just saw it. Of course, when it came out, LeBron James space jam, it's a good movie. I liked it. At first, I was like, the first couple of minutes was super corny, especially when Wood Harris hopped on the screen and he's talking to young LeBron. I thought it was super corny. But as the movie went on and progressed, I enjoyed it. And then you got to realize that this is for a younger generation. Like, your Space Jam was for you. And I did go back and watch the Michael Jordan Space Jam. And it's absolute an abomination to all basketball movies. There's so many better basketball movies than, than Space Jam, the original. But, you know, at the time, it was lit, right? It was dope as fuck. Uh, but it does not hold up. It does not stand the test of time. I think this one was good. It was great. I thought LeBron James did a good job. I thought everyone around him did a good job. I thought the graphics were amazing. Was a little bit more like cameo heavy, yes. But that's kind of what what is kind of makes it fun, right? Like we like everyone kind of like I don't know. I think like that's kind of the thing. Everyone likes big crossover stuff. Everyone likes to see stuff they're familiar with. Um, and they did good nods. Plus they have like all these. Like franchises, why not? Like, kind of like show love to them and, and put them in the movie, like with it and Matrix and um, Clockwork Orange. I thought I saw that. Uh, there's so many, it's kind of hard to, to keep count of all the cameos, but I thought it was done well, at least for me. I love the Rick and Morty one, of course. You know, everyone knows I'm a big Rick and Morty fan, huge Rick and Morty fan. Uh, so I thought that was dope uh, that they were actually in there. And uh, yeah, so overall, you know, I know a lot of people were slamming it online, a lot of, a lot of grown men who probably don't like LeBron James anyway. They were like, oh, this and that and blah, blah, blah. But like, it's not for you for one. And yes, you can still critique a movie that's not for you. But at the same time, you know, you got to take it. It's a, it's for kids. Take it with a grain of salt. My nephews, when I asked them about it, they lit up. They said, we loved it. And that's what it's for, right? And, and they play basketball. It's for people who play basketball, like for basketball fans, you know, like they had so many basketball references. My favorite one was uh, Lorel. I think it's Lorel. He said, um, anything is possible. Which, if you don't watch basketball, you don't know why that's funny, right? But Kevin Garnett, when he won the championship with Boston, they he's like, they asked him like, "Hey, how do you feel?" He's just, "Everything is anything is possible," and it's like the funniest shit. So like, the fact that they threw that in the movie—that's fan service to me. That's basketball fan service, and I thought it was dope. And I, you know, they do the cameos to get other people into it, right? To keep other people entertained. I thought it was good. So if you haven't seen it, go check out. Space Jam. I think it's on HBO Max. It's it's a good time, and if you have kids who are into basketball, or just kids in general who like like good like good movie, good fun movie for them to watch, watch it. You know, it, they tackle some issues too about like sports parents being too hard on their kids, which happens. Um, and like 
letting people be individuals, which is also something that, you know, you always want to have to like, you always have to like uh, embrace and, and show and share. You want people to be individuals. And that's kind of like one of the underlying plots of the movies, like individuality and, and hard work. So yeah, space jam. If I had to give it a score from one to 10, I'd probably give it an eight out of 10. And, and the original space jam would be like a six out of 10. Right. The original Space Jam was more focused on basketball, but this was more. This one was focused on a, di- a bunch of different things: family, basketball, um, not giving up. Had a lot of things to it. And of course, I did the original one, so I'm not going to slam the original one like it was the worst movie. It just doesn't hold up to today's standards of movie of filmmaking. But I do think it. You know, they all have their place. They all have their place. And yeah, so that's Space Jam. Uh, so speaking of basketball, it's been a lot of. I've been watching a lot of basketball lately in the last maybe year since the pandemic, I kind of fell into this like basketball YouTube wormhole and there's a lot of basketball content and they're all different. Like it's so weird because like playing basketball in my twenties and thirties, it was like, you know, the culture was just, you know, the, 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 your basketball was and one mixtapes outside of the NBA. Right. We're not talking about NBA or college basketball but outside of that was and one mixtapes and that fell off really hard. And that was kind of it, right? Like, there wasn't really too much, like, basketball outside of, you know, the NBA, college, or whatever. But with YouTube, like, now it's popular to do for basketball players to, like, have YouTube basketball careers, which is dope, right? You got Devontae Friga, which I got into when he was doing D3 content. Like, you know, he was a D3 player at a university and, and he was doing D3 content. And now he does, like, this amazing streetball content. Um, and then, like... Uh, Ball is Life crew. There's the East and West Coast crew. Those guys are insane. Um, uh, the guys, I think his name is Zach. He has one arm. He played college basketball as well. And he just destroys people. And it's really dope to watch. Uh, you have White Iverson. Uh, you have Slim Reaper, which is, I like. He's I think he's one of my favorites. Um, and so everyone's doing this wonderful basketball streetball content. And um, it's super entertaining. Um, everyone has real professional cameras. Everyone's like the the person, the, like the like Devonte will be like he'd be like mic'd up, so you can hear all the like the the side talk. It's really fun. It's really entertaining. But then there's one that I fell across through Baller's life. His name is Nick Briz. And when I tell you, I am addicted to this man's videos because not only he's he's a good hooper. He is definitely a good hooper. But he realized something, and I think this is the power of watching your analytics and watching like um, like your numbers and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Because he was doing regular basketball content, and then all of a sudden he starts getting he builds he builds a team, and the team he built are very feisty players. It's this big guy, huge guy named uh, Chris White. And then there's, um, I forgot there's another kid's name. I don't know. He doesn't really, he's not really on camera a lot. He doesn't really like, like kill a lot. He's just a decent player. There's an older guy that he plays with, older white guy. And then there's Carlos. And Carlos is absolutely like not good at basketball, but he's so like animated and fiery and like instigative. It's super entertaining. His videos went from like, it was cool. Like Nick Bruce's videos were straight and like you watch them to see him do this dunk like he has like this one hand dunk that he does it is he looks like he's flying through the air it's super sick um but then like it went to like this trash talking these fighting videos that are like it's it's oddly entertaining i know it sounds real like basic but it's like basketball with like this super like aggressive spice to it 
And like, I know recently he just played with Cash Nasty, who's also like a YouTuber. And like, they, the video was so insanely violent, like not violent, but like trash talking. And like, I didn't, I don't think, I didn't think they were friends. Like, they looked like they were straight mortal enemies fighting playing basketball together. So if you get a chance, hop into the world of basketball on YouTube, and then hop in, like check out Nick Briz because it's super entertaining, it's super fun. They don't back down. Uh, and and Carlos is hilarious. Like he don't back down, but he's like not that good. So like when he does something good, it's insane. It's so entertaining. I can't speak enough about how entertaining it is. But also, if you like this basketball content, check out Ball is Life. They're insane. Uh, check out Devonte Frigga because he's so inspirational, and he's basically like he just goes from city to city. And now he's he's at the point, and it's kind of cool to see his career, his YouTube career, go from like just like the D three player. To like this sensation, this internet sensation, this YouTube sensation. He came to St. Louis a couple months ago, and that looked like I've never seen that many people at a basketball court in St. Louis. It was hundreds of people, and we actually they actually gave him good competition. It was it's it's awesome. Uh, it's good for the for the basketball culture. Basketball culture is always like um, the culture of basketball always has kind of gotten a bad rap. I feel like as far as like and especially in our city, in my city, St. Louis, because they won't put up basketball goals in the city at all like you go to forest park is one of the biggest parks in in the country and like they have every they have handball which is a prison sport represented at forest park but they refuse to put up basketball courts to the point where i want to ask my friend's mom who's a retired parks and rec director what can i do to, to try to get more basketball courts they put a um i across the street i live across the street from a park and they just put like a um I forgot the name of the of the sport. It's like some really goofy sport. Like I forgot the name of it. Um, I'm not gonna be able to remember it right now, so I'm, I won't even try. But yeah, like they just built this new court for this game. It's not even really like a game. Like it's not even. I, I don't know what to call it. Um, it's not. It's not even a popular game. But they refuse to put basketball courts up in the city. Period. Even even as of recently, there's a park around the corner for me called Love Bank Park, and uh, it was a park created by uh, people in in on the Cherokee Street, people who lived in the area, and um, they even had the basketball goals locked up most of the pan- most of this year. Like I just now recently saw that they unlocked the basketball court, uh, the, the the rims. They actually had like a club put on the rims. It's insane how much this city hates basketball. That's why I don't think we'll ever get a basketball team in St. Louis. It's and it sucks. Because I love basketball, I love the sport of basketball. I want to play basketball all the time. I want, like, I want to. I, sh- I live across the street from a park. I should be able to go across the street to the park and play basketball. If I was in like New New York, not a problem. New Jersey, not a problem. Chicago, not a problem. There's like damn near parks every few blocks in New York City, and that's New York City, bro. Like, come on. Uh, but it's but in Missouri is rooted in racism, and I think they're just they they don't want basketball because they think it's going to attract black people and bring black people together, and that's fucked up. Um. And we're going to talk about basketball one more time because, of course, we're in the midst of the Olympics, uh, the the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo. And we are having uh, not a good time. Um, the USA basketball team, man, they lost yesterday 83 to 76 to France. That's the, I think that was the first game of the actual tournament. This is the preliminary round. Uh, today, I think they play Nigeria or the women play Nigeria. Today at 11.40 p.m. I don't know what time that is here. That might be 11.40 here. Uh, but yeah, so far, uh, we, the exhibition games weren't good for Team USA. I don't know what to say, man. Like, uh, they don't have any dogs. They don't have any killers on their team, dude. Like, 
they have KD. Uh, Devin Booker is on the team. I'm not sure if I haven't watched the games because they come on a weird time, so I'm not sure if he's been playing. Uh, Bam Adebayo, I know I've seen him play. Like, Jeremy Grant, he's not a killer. Zach Levine's not a killer. Keldon Johnson's not a killer. Draymond Green's not a killer. Drew Holiday's a semi-killer. Dame is a killer. I don't know what's going on. JaVale McGee's your center. Not killer. Chris Middleton's, he's a, he's a killer now, right? Um, and Jason Tatum, who's a killer. But, like, they don't. They can't pull it together. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but they can't bring it together, and it's weird. So we got to keep an eye on that. We're used to the USA Dream Team used to dominate and used to just go in there and blowing people out by fifty points easily. You know what I'm saying? Like they was going to Arby's and Wendy's and shit the day before the, the day of, and then getting like fucking junk food and then going out and blowing everybody out of the fucking water. The field has changed. The, the basketball foreign film field, field has changed. A lot of these players been got got recruited in NBA and they're bringing that knowledge back home. Uh, Luka Doncic just had his big first game last night and dropped forty eight points in in the Olympics. Like, you know, we lost to Rudy Gobert, Gobert, and um, uh, Batum on France. Like, the international players are serious, serious squads. Like, because they're NBA players now, they they become NBA superstars, right? Um. Let me see. I don't know if Giannis is in the Olympics. Because you know he's African. He's not Greek, but uh, he represents Greek Greece. I don't think he's in it, but um, yeah, man. USA basketball. They got to get it together, man. They got to. It's, it's also. I, I would say it's the coaching too. It's Pop at the at the helm, and I'm a big fan of Pop. Huge fan. I think he's a great coach. Uh, but. I don't know. They don't. They don't seem to have it right now. So we'll see what happens going forward. Because it, it'd be it'd be uh, unprecedented if we don't win gold. Honestly, I know we didn't win it in two thousand four. I believe. But and speaking of last basketball topic, last one NBA Finals. Shout out to, to the Bucks for winning. Uh, Phoenix looked like they didn't want it. Paul looked like he didn't want it. Uh, Booker looked like he wanted it. But in the last game, he felt he ran out of steam. He was dropping forty for like two three point games. In a row, the last game he scored like 19. Like he just didn't have it. Uh, this is not a sports podcast, so we're going to move along. And um, one thing that I did see on Instagram, sometimes I hate, this is what I hate. When you're on social media and you see a link that you want to click on and then something happens where you back out of it real quick and you can never find that post again. Like ever. Right, and that happened to me. And I, I was looking at uh, my uh, support local STL Instagram and I saw a post for from Amazon Prime that said, if you are on um, EBT, which is food stamps, uh, then you get a 50% discount on the Amazon Prime monthly. So instead of however much it is, it's like $5 a month. And I looked at it and saw like 20,000 comments. I'm like, holy shit. What, what What? are the comments about? Of course, the comments are about it's basically like it's classism mixed with racism mixed with socialism, I guess. It's just like everyone's pressed over People with food stamps getting a discount on Amazon Prime. Like, super pressed. Like, angry. Angry at people who are like, these people just want handouts. We're just going to give them more free stuff. Which, is nothing. It's not really like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, people who are on food stamps generally are struggling and, like, need help. And, like, yeah, like, having a discount where you can is actually amazing. And, like, if it's not your pockets, you shouldn't be concerned at it, about it. Like, you shouldn't care. So if Amazon wants to offer them a discount for being uh, ha- be having food stamps, fucking that's awesome. Let them. 
right? That has nothing to do with you. Nothing. Absolutely. Like what other people do with their money and their life and like, like whatever, whatever systems they may be taking, using, that's not your business. And it's there for a reason. It's there to help people. And honestly, you just be such less of an, an a-hole, a dick, and help more people yourself. At least at the bare minimum, not care that people are getting assistance. Like people are getting assistance, bro. Like that's fine. Jeff Bezos went to space, spent millions upon billions of dollars. The dude from Delta, went, uh, uh, Atlantic went to space, spent millions of dollars. That could have solved a lot of world hunger. A lot of, at least in America, could have solved a lot of problems. But no one cares about that. You pressed over Amazon Prime offering a discount to people with food stamps. That's some lame shit, bro. That's super lame. I don't respect anybody with those type of opinions. I don't give a fuck. If you type the type of opinion, I know you. I'll be not. I don't fuck with you like that for real. That's corny. Like people need assistance. Like it goes back to my conversation last week about living in a utopia. We need to live in a utopia. This is bullshit. Like we have so. We, this is one planet. Why are we in debt in our only planet? Like we're the planet. There's nobody else. Like, why are we struggling as a society? That's ridiculous. Now, it's not meant to be like that, I don't think. But I digress. You know, I need to move. Like, some of these topics are good topics, but I need to move them around. So I'm going to try to do move them around in my head, and I'm going to fuck it up. Um, unvaccinated people and mass mandate. Now, those are two different topics on my list that need to be one topic. Um, so in Missouri, St. Louis city and County, not Missouri, but St. Louis city and County today, we've have a new mask mandate. We haven't had a mask mandate in many months and it was, it was cool. You know, while, while, while it was, while it lasted, I still wore a mask cause I'm, I'm super paranoid and I always, every time I don't, don't have a mask on, I feel like an asshole. Um, so I've always kind of had kept that same energy with the masks. Like you got to have mask on, like. Going forward, I think like it's just something that I'm just gonna do. Like I'm just gonna get like fly masks and shit like that, and just wear masks all the time. I like the type of shit anyway. I like wearing masks and shit, and like it's just kind of my thing. So like I'm gonna keep wearing a mask going forward. I'm gonna be that like before the pandemic, you would see Asian people just walking around with the mask, and I always be like, that's crazy. Maybe they got some crazy shit, you know, they they're dealing with. But no, like they're just doing that because of like other shit that happened in their country, and like it's a part of the culture now to wear a mask, and it's a part of my culture now to wear masks, and. People, I think the funny thing for me going forward is the, the videos and people flipping their shit, especially in Missouri, especially in St. Louis. They're going to flip their shit when it comes to wearing masks. And I'm, I feel bad for the people that have to endure it, but I'm here for the, I'm here for the laughs. I'm here for the visuals. You know, TikTok going to go hard. <laughs> like there's going to be some Karens and Kins. It's going to be on both sides. It's going to be white and black. And, and anyone that's going to be people who don't want to wear a mask going to be flipping out. Just wear your mask. Don't be a dick. Wear a mask. If not, you 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 use a dick. You know, simple as that. And it, it, if it's 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 not only is it affecting unvaccinated people, it is affecting vaccinated people. Not as hard, not a, not as often, but it is. And protect yourself. And that's what it's all about. Stay your ass at home. Or if you go out, wear a mask. Social distance. Do the things that you got to do to get rid of this thing. It's still go, we're going into year two. Like, and we and we're backsliding. You know, because people are rushing it. People are like going too hard, going to festivals, going to concerts. I'm still haven't been to a concert. I don't think I'm going to for a while. I'm still good on that. Like, I'm fine. I listen to your album at home. Like, I'm good. I watch it on YouTube. I'm good. I'm not going to concert for a while. I have been going to certain things here and there. I'm vaccinated. I'm, I'm Pfizer poppy, so I'm good. But 
and I'm always wearing that mask, you know, most most times. You might catch me out slipping. I might forget here and there. And I feel like a dick when I do it. But, like, uh, yeah. yeah. The Delta variant seems like it's getting a little serious out here. So you got to gotta protect your neck, man. You got to protect it. Um, I'm on the lookout for the for the videos. If you see videos, send them to me too. Like you know, what I'm saying like I'm I'm here for the videos. I know, and I I got this the support local STL was a page I started during the pandemic for supporting local businesses and restaurants because you know I'm a small business owner myself, so I'm always sensitive to the ups and downs of small businesses. And I know like the industry is going to be seeing some ignorant people going forward starting this week, starting today. And I just I just hope like. You know, they keep a cool level head. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, these motherfuckers is, is out here crazy over this mask shit, man. Like, it's really inconvenient. Like, your ass can breathe. Calm down. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, chill. Wear your mask. Chill. And be a good purse. But, you know, it is what it is. Now, one thing that I found interesting was Kanye West's listening party uh, for Donda. And Kanye, y'all act, y'all act like Kanye, Kanye's not a weirdo. Like he's a super super weirdo, and uh, so he's living at the the Atlanta Stadium. Excuse me, God, I'm sorry, I'm doing this. He's living at the Atlanta Atlanta Stadium until he finishes the album, which is weird. Like, did you set up a uh, studio there? Because there's studios all in Atlanta, and I find that really odd that he would do that. Um, but yeah, he's doing that, and he's walking around the stadium with a stocking cap over his mask during other events. He's just living there now and working on the album. Um. One of the funniest pictures that came from this was the concession stand picture, and which I'm having a hard time pulling up. Here we go. All right, so this is Kanye West Donda listening party in Atlanta, in the, in the stadium in Atlanta. He didn't say a word. He just wore a red bubble jacket, red pants, some some dope Yeezys, some dope orange Yeezys that I would not mind owning, and a, a stocking cap over his face. And the event menu was sweet and salty kettle corn. In parentheses, it's gluten free and dairy free and vegan. Cost of that, $35. Then you have the assorted snack basket a basket of gluten free chips, bars, and jerky, $65. But wait, it's worse. Crispy chicken tenders, $50. Now, I don't know how many crispy chicken tenders they were given in a basket, but I need a shopping cart full of tenders for $50. All beef kosher franks, $40. Now, I don't know a hot dog worth $40. Like, I have no idea, like, what you could do to a hot dog to make that hot dog worth $40. And the last image that you can see on the right side of the menu is cookies and brownies which are vegetarian, props for that, I guess, I guess you didn't put meat in the cookies and brownies, $45. At what point, at what point, and he just crossed the billionaire mark. Kanye West just crossed the billionaire mark. At what point do you stop fucking with this type of shit? At what point is it too much? At what point is it goofy to do this? Like, it's goofy to go get a, a, a crispy chicken tender basket for $50. It's corny at a stadium. At a stadium concession stand, they didn't get. They didn't bring in some Michelin chef to bring this. Now this is the concession stand at the Atlanta Stadium. Crispy chicken tenders for fifty dollars, an all beef kosher franks four dollars. 
how many did you get? Because for forty dollars, I better get ten packs. <laughs> have all the hot dogs. It's a hustle. It's a scam. I don't know why people think it's cool to do that. I guess it's like edgy to do. Like it's edgy to make make your prices like that. Like to be an asshole. No, that's that's insane. If you like, if you if you went to that and you bought something, you're insane. You're all you. And anyone who did that is you're all idiots. Remember in, in the Hancock when uh Will Smith's character Hancock was in the intersection after he stopped the train. He's like, everyone gather around, everyone, everyone in this intersection, you are all idiots. I wish I could pop up into the concession line and say, listen, guys, you see those prices? You buy that, you're all idiots. And that's, I mean, it is what it is. But like, that's just insane. Uh, it's not cool. It's not hip. It's not fly for me for, for people to do that. And um, so, yeah, my next topic that's been, I've been thinking about all week is ghost kitchens. Now, ghost kitchens and virtual kitchens are this new thing. Which is interesting because it's kind of like a lesson on branding almost. It's like these restaurants, what they do is they'll create a different... There's a there's a company that goes around helping restaurants create different brands underneath that same address, underneath the same kitchen, but it'll be they're branded different. Um, some of the popular ones are like there's Wiz Khalifa has one. Uh, let me see. Let me do a uh, search. Wiz Khalifa, ha- Wiz Khalifa has one. And right now in St. Louis, there's one um, there's one restaurant at a thousand Wash Ave who is just going extremely hard with the branding. Like it's just all over the place. Um, Cosmo Burger. Um, uh, and but see, here's the crazy thing: is right. So like the restaurant would just have a couple other ingredients, but for the most part, it's it's the same. Like they're using the same ingredients for the most part. This is going to be difficult to find. Uh, like a, a quick list. I hate it when this is a completely off topic. I would wanted to read the St. Louis Post-Dispatch article. But they make you do this insane survey to, to get to it. And it's insane. It's, it's boring. Um, but so, uh, what's the app? Ghost Kitchen. There we go. Uh, comedian George Lopez has a ghost kitchen. Uh, Firebelly Wings is the same one. It's the same. So Firebelly Wings is out of the same kitchen that um, Wiz Khalifa's wing shop is out of in St. Louis. So like, it's 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 so weird to me. But it's a real interesting lesson in marketing and rebranding because like they're doing good business and they're increasing their business, which I I respect that. But it just seems very like, and people I don't people don't really know the difference. Yeah, you have hot box by Wiz Khalifa at one thousand Wash Ave, and then you have George Lopez tacos at thousand Wash Ave. Of course, you know these people have probably very little things to do with it besides a a deal with the the medium per the the middle person on like who's like branding what. But it's super interesting. I was watching a um. A complex article on it the other day and uh the, the guy who was the owner was like hey we've like doubled our business and uh, our goal was to bring people into the door um so like they'll come and say they're like you know they'll pick up the order or whatever they see the address and then like they'll seek out the place and then come to his actual business he's like i he's like i still focus on my actual business but like this ghost kitchen stuff is actually giving us the opportunity to stay busy when times are slow like because they're, they're primarily delivery 
like you can't go there and just sit down and order that the food is like kind of delivery only so like he'll like whip up a, a batch of wings and so it's like tripling their income it's kind of a dope concept um i don't know if i maybe i'll just because i talked about it on the podcast i'll i'll order from from them and see what it's like um honestly like when i first saw it i was like oh that's kind of cool and then i peeped that like everyone had this like all these different places had the same address and you know they have to actually have it broken down to where that um like they have like the same packaging too or they'll put a sticker like mr beast did the the the, the pop-up restaurants but they were this it's the same concept virtual kitchens ghost kitchens but super interesting if you see one let me know if you if you tried it and what you thought uh now i'm streaming live on twitch right now because this is the time i stream video games but i decided since i needed to do my podcast because i didn't do it friday because i fucked up just fucked up my schedule I'll do it today and I'm doing it during stream. So I'm going to start doing that because I feel like I can definitely like figure this into the last hour of my stream, which is eight to nine. Um, so before this, I did play Lupe Vias- Fiasco versus Worst of Five Nine. They were doing a podcast earlier this year and apparently I guess they fell out uh, super hard, especially with him, Lupe, Royce, and Mickey Fax, with uh, Royce being versus Lupe and Ruby, Mickey Fax. Uh, they both put out a disc this week. They both were really good. They're both super rappers. Honestly, I'm a bigger Royce fan than I am Lupe fan, but I'm a huge Lupe fan. Uh, one of my best memories is opening up. Uh, the people I did music with opened up for Lupe Fiasco at Live on the Levee. Um, and Black Spade was actually the opening act. And he's such a beautiful person on the inside and musically that he gave Corey Black and Tef Poe a, uh, ability to do a song. And they both did a song that I produced. So that was crazy seeing, I think, 15,000 people like dancing to my song and and the the bass on uh Tef Poe's song was hitting so hard that security had to run up and grab the subs because the and it wasn't mixed bad it was just very potent 808 very good 808 it's one of my favorite memories so i'm a big lupe fan too uh lupe got him though you gotta listen to the tracks go to youtube or whatever um lupe looks like sounds like he got him uh Royce's audio quality because you know i do audio engineering as well was a little rough a little rocky and Lupe sounded a lot clearer, a little too much reverb, but that's like behind the scenes, like my ear shit. But that that was a good hip hop back and forth. They're both super rappers, so like these bars are like layered. Like you can't even listen to it once. Like you do yourself a disservice by listening to it once. You need to listen to it a few times. Uh, so that was really fun to listen to. Uh, my vote goes to Lupe. I I want to know why they're beefing because I the last time I saw them they were doing like Instagram live together. They're doing the podcast together, which I didn't even get a chance to really check out. So it's kind of unfortunate that they, that they fell out. I understand that Lupe is kind of a eclectic uh, character and Royce is kind of more street, although he is an intelligent lyricist. Not saying that street is not smart. That, that was that sounds like sound like a loaded statement, but you know what I'm saying? Like he's still from Detroit. He's still like a, a you know, yeah, he still runs with like a different crowd than Lupe would normally run with, I believe. But like I thought it was, I thought they were cool together. As, as far as like the two like super rappers doing a podcast together so i'm super confused on why they're beefing i made a comment on the youtube when it first came out on royce the five nine posted a song and people were commenting like yeah we're confused too to be honest like you're not alone in your confusion i don't know if this is like a ploy to get more people to look at them i don't know what's going on with it honestly um but i'm here for the war i'm here for the peace that's kind of how i roll and the last topic i want to talk to you about is critical race theory I hate this topic because it's kind of like common sense that you let people like you talk about race, you talk about like the the merits of what has happened, the weight has happened at uh, amongst people of color at the hands of of the of white people's ancestors. People get very upset about it. Um, I think it's racism to it's racist to 
want to sweep it under the rug, you know? And like you, when you, when you say, Hey, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about ways to get past this in a, in a theoretical, in a, in a, in a critical, like logical way. And people get upset about that. That's kind of crazy. Um, it's not about damning white people at all. It's about understanding the systems that are in place that have been used to control not only the narrative, but a people, uh, groups of people. The fact that redlining, um, Jim Crow laws, systemic racism, the prison industrial complex, all these things, the judicial system, police uh, brutality, all these things are constructs of what directly white people did to suppress a race, whether or and they to do it in a coy manner. It's not obvious, right? Um, and that's that's what we, we're fighting against. So for you, so people to get upset about critical race theory being taught in colleges and approached differently in schools with younger children, which they're not teaching critical race theory to to kids. They're teaching about race to kids, the truth behind history, because there's a truth. And to get upset about that is literally right privilege. It's literally racism. It's it's literally the point. It's the point. And it lacks compassion, empathy, um, intelligence. It lacks so many things, the people who are fighting this. And, you know, if you Google a YouTube uh, town meetings, critical race theory meetings, you're just going to see a bunch of white people just losing their shit. And something, uh, yesterday it was Emmett Till's birthday. Emmett Till uh, would have been 80 years old. And to give people, to give my, like, when people tend to act like, try to act like it was so long ago. But it really wasn't. Because today, yesterday, Emmett Till would have been 80 years old. And to put that in comparison, my grandmother is alive and is older. Dr. Fauci is 80 years old. Dr. Fauci was born a year before Emmett Till was born. But let's see again. So it wasn't that long ago. And we talked about white tears in our last episode. And Emmett Till was a result. His, his death was a result of white tears. It wasn't that long ago. And for you to be like, for people to be like, oh, we don't need to be doing this, bringing this up. We don't need to be, there's all lives matter bullshit. You know, just, you're just showing that you like the systems in place. You don't want them to change. You're complicit. You benefit from it. And you do not want change. That's what you're telling us. And change is inevitable. I, one of the favorite things that a, a, a protester said last year during the riots was you better be happy that we're looking for equality and not revenge. Whew. All right, I got to end it on that one. Y'all better be lucky we want equality and not revenge. And that's the things that have been in my head for the last week. I am Tech Supreme. Tech Supreme. You have been listening to Rent Free with Tech Supreme. If you like it, give it a follow, subscribe on YouTube. Um, this is a podcast. So this is on all the social, the, the places, the platforms that you listen to podcast, Spotify, Apple, 
Google Podcasts, Deezer, all the good stuff. So it's everywhere. All you got to do is search for Renfree with Tech Supreme. If you have been listening, I do appreciate you greatly. Um, let's see. Yeah. I appreciate everyone who's been rocking with your boy. And I, uh, I will see you guys next time. Thank you for hanging out with Tech Supreme on Renfree with Tech Supreme. Tech Supreme. Listen, you had rent free.